You're listening to the preaching podcast of Victory Baptist Church in Roanoke Rapids, North Carolina, led by Pastor Jeremy Kobernack. It is our desire that you will be helped by this Bible message. Hebrews chapter 12, and when you find your place there, if you're able, you please stand and honor the reading of the Word of God. Hebrews chapter number 12 and verse number 1, the Bible says, Wherefore, seeing we also are compassed about with so great a cloud of witnesses, let us lay aside every weight and the sin which does so easily beset us, and let us run with patience the race that is set before us. Verse number 2, looking unto Jesus the author and finisher of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and is set down at the right hand of the throne of God. For for consider him that endured such contradiction of sinners against himself, lest ye be wearied and faint in your minds. And let's pray. Lord, we love you. Thank you for your word. I thank you that we can gather here on a Sunday morning and we can know that We have victory in Jesus. We have the promises of the Word of God that we can hold on to. And we've got the assurance to know that heaven is our home. And we know that uh, we are in good hands as long as uh, we will trust you and we will look to you. I pray you bless us in the time that we're together. I pray for all of the junior churches going on right now, the bus team uh, service, the bus uh, ministry, junior churches, and uh, everything, Lord, that you would be honored and glorified and exalted and uplifted today, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you for standing. You may be seated. Hebrews 12 uh, talks about these first few verses, again, about running a race. We saw in Philippians 3, uh, a couple weeks ago, we finished up on verse 14, where it says that we as Christians were to press toward the mark, and we are in a race. Hope you keep your eyes on the finish line, and hope you just keep on running. And uh, as long as you're still here, as long as you're still breathing, you've got a race to run. God's got something for you to do. Uh, If God were done with you or if God were done with me, he'd take us home. But he's got us here for a purpose, and I hope we'll keep on running that race. But I want to draw your attention to verse number two, where it says that we should be looking unto who? Jesus. You've got to keep your eyes on Jesus. I've got to keep my eyes on Jesus. That sounds so simple, but it's something that we must be reminded of every single day. uh, This morning, uh, Alva and Nola Newell, they're such sweet folks, and they come to that early service. And I was talking to Brother Alva in the lobby, and I forget how we got talking. Oh, we're talking about forgetting stuff. And I said, well, you know, sometimes you go to the grocery store. And he said, I "I do that. But, uh, you know... If my wife sends me to the grocery store to get one thing, she says, Jeremy says, we need a gallon of milk, okay? Now, fellas, do not, do not leave me hanging up here all by myself, okay? I'm I'm counting on your help and and your sympathy and your support, okay? So don't stare at me like I'm the only one that ever does this. But if my wife, you don't even know what I'm going to say, Brother Curry, and I appreciate that. That's, that's, uh, That's trust there. And uh, she sends me to go pick up cigarettes. No, 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 no. I'm just, just kidding. But uh, she says, I need you to get a gallon of milk. And so I go in the grocery store and I go to the grocery store and I see all kinds of good stuff. How many of you know there's good stuff at the grocery store? <laughs> Let me tell you something. And you go to the grocery store and this is why I don't do the grocery shopping. Because you know what I'll see? 
I'll see, we need a bag of chips. Those chips are good. And oh boy, that sounds good right now. So I get a bag of chips. I'm walking down and I see the donuts. Oh, hallelujah. Glory to God. And I get some donuts. And by the way, they're not healthy, but they're good, right? And so I get the chips and I get the donuts. And, and uh, then I go by and I pick up some, uh, you know, uh, uh, Chloe and Kylie, especially Kylie, but she really loves apple juice. And we don't always have apple juice, but I get apple juice. And I get those things and I come home. I come walking in the door and then I realize, oh, I forgot the one thing I was supposed to get. Now help me out. Anybody else ever done that? Anybody else? Okay, not just the men. Ladies, you could help me too, okay? All right, I'm not the only one. Now, there's nothing wrong with those other items, but if that's not the reason you were going to the grocery store, then you missed it, right? Because then you got to go back. But I want to tell you, in the Christian life, there's a lot of good things, but sometimes those things distract us. And those things may not be bad, but they keep us from the main thing. They keep us from doing what God has called us to do. And so that's why Paul writes in Hebrews 12, and he says, we must look unto Jesus. I'd like to talk to us this morning, and it'll probably be a few Sundays we'll be in this text. But I want to talk to us about looking to the Lord. Notice verse 1 by way of introduction. Paul begins, he says, wherefore, seeing we also are compassed about with so great a cloud of witnesses. Now that may seem a little strange, but you have to think of a couple things. One is Paul has just finished talking about the heroes of the faith in Hebrews 11. And this chapter, Hebrews 11, it talks about Abel. It talks about Enoch. It talks about Noah. It talks about Abraham and Isaac and Jacob and Joseph. It talks about Moses. Uh, it's interesting in Hebrews 11, uh, those that are specifically named, it talks about Rahab. And we've talked about her before. What a woman of faith. And uh, she had a past that was not good, but boy, she got right and she trusted the Lord and she had great faith in God. And it goes on to talk about Gideon and Barak and Samson, and Jephthah, and David, and Samuel, and the prophets, some of which are not even named, but these heroes of the faith. And Paul says, hey, we've got a great cloud of witnesses that are watching as we run this race. Now, I've had people ask me from time to time, and this is my answer, and I hope that this makes sense. But I believe in heaven. I believe people can see some of what is going on down here on this earth. Here's one reason why. What does the Bible say? That when one sinner repents, there is rejoicing in the presence of the angels. Now, I think the angels are rejoicing, but that doesn't say specifically the angels. It says in the presence of the angels. Guess what's going on in heaven when somebody gets saved down here? They're having a party. They are cheering. They are rejoicing. Well, how do they know when someone gets saved down here? I don't know if God pulls back the curtain. I don't know if God puts it on the big screen in heaven. I don't know how all that works. I don't know if they're looking over the grandstands and they can see that person that walks an aisle or that person that bows their head. I don't know how that works, but I know that in heaven, they are aware of some things going on down here. I think God hides the sin from them in heaven. I don't think people in heaven can see the sin. Uh, I don't think people in heaven see the sorrow and see the heartache. But I think they can see 
the great things that are done for God and those that run the race for God. I believe that. But we see here that there's a great cloud of witnesses. Yes, this, I believe, is talking about those in Hebrews 11, but I think it's also talking about our loved ones, people that have gone on to be with the Lord. Uh, they are our heroes of the faith. They are those who helped us, those who guided us, those who encouraged us while they were here. I want to say this about the heroes of the faith, and I want to say this about those who have influenced us in the past. Maybe you're here today and you've got a pastor who is with the Lord, but he helped you. Maybe you've got a Sunday school teacher, or maybe you've got a mom or a dad or a, a grandmother or a grandfather, and, and they've passed away and they're with the Lord, but they influenced your life. Can I tell you, you ought to thank God for those people. And you ought to remember that as you run your race, that they've already finished their race, and they are in heaven cheering you on. I believe that with all my heart. And, and they're pulling for you, and they're rooting for you. And by the way, those people that invested in you, they did it so you could run your race and invest in somebody else. We must pass it to the next generation. We must continue it on. I'm thankful for the heroes of the faith. I'm thankful for the good old days. But I want to remind us this morning that we must not live in the past. Can I tell you, I'm thankful for what God did in my life five years ago and 10 years ago and 20 years ago. I'm thankful for my childhood, my pastor in Illinois. I went to his funeral last summer. He pastored the same church for 58 years. I am so thankful for him. But can I tell you, I, I'm, I'm not still there. I'm not still in Rockford, Illinois. I'm not still a teenage boy. I'm here. I am the pastor of Victory Baptist Church, and I have my wife and my children, and I have this great church that God has given me the privilege to be the shepherd of, and I can't live in the past, and neither can you. You and I, we are placed here August the 8th, 2021, and we've got a race to run today, and we've got to keep our eyes on the Lord as we run this race. Notice what it says, Hebrews 12, verse 1. Wherefore, seeing we also are compassed about with so great a cloud of witnesses, let us, that, that's you and me, let us lay aside every weight and the sin which does so easily beset us and let us run with patience the race that is set before us. Can I tell you, there's a race that God has given you to run. There's a job that God has given for you to do. I want you to notice back in Hebrews 11, you say, Pastor, well, my race is hard. I've got some things I'm facing right now that are difficult. And by the way, I'm sure you do. We all do. And some harder than others. But would you notice with me verse number 33 of Hebrews 11, the heroes of the faith, they ran some races that were very difficult as well. It says in verse 33, who through faith subdued kingdoms and wrought righteousness and obtained promises and stopped the mouths of lions. Has anybody in here had to do that? Say, well, my coworkers are pretty mean, but they're not that mean. They stopped the mouths of lions. They quenched the violence of fire. Anybody threatened this week to burn you at the stake? That happened to me. How about this? They escaped the edge of the sword. Anybody this week 
have somebody chasing you with a sword because you were a Christian and because you would not deny the Lord and they were trying to kill you with a sword. That didn't happen to me this week. I'm not saying it'll never happen, but I'm just saying we've got it easy compared to those who've gone before us. And if they could run the race, I believe you and I can run the race. You say, well, how did they run the race? By faith, by keeping their eyes on Jesus, by keeping uh, Jesus Christ in front of them and by trusting God every step of the way. Verse number 34, they quenched the violence of fire and escaped the edge of the sword and out of weakness were made strong. They waxed valiant in fight. They turned to flight the armies of the aliens. Women received their dead, raised to life again, and others were tortured, not accepting deliverance, that they might obtain a better resurrection. And others had trial of cruel mockings and scourgings, and yea, moreover, of bonds and imprisonment. I don't know anybody in this room. By the way, it's, it's happened in other countries. It is happening in other countries. But I don't know anybody in this room that had to go to jail because of their faith. But can I tell you, there have been Christians throughout the centuries who have spent time in a jail cell simply because of the testimony of this book right here. But what did they do? They stayed faithful. They ran their race. They kept their eyes on Jesus. And now Paul says, if they can do it, so can we. You say, how come? Because we've got the same God that they had. We've got the same promises that they have. Notice with me, turn to Romans 15 in your Bibles. Hold your place in Hebrews 12, Romans 15. I want you to see this verse, verse number four. The Bible says in Romans 15, four, for whatsoever things were written aforetime were written for our learning. Romans 15, four. And if you're still turning the pages, that's fine. I'm thankful you're looking for it and uh, see if you can find that. Romans 15, four. For whatsoever things were written aforetime, they were written for our learning that we through patience, we'll see that word in Hebrews 12, that's the word endurance, that we through patience and comfort of the, what's that next word? Scriptures might have hope. You know why we have hope that we can run our race today? Because we've got the Scriptures We've got the promises of God. We've got the record of Christians throughout the centuries that ran their race and God gave them the strength. And if God can give them the strength, God can give you and me the strength today. I want you to notice quickly, uh, how do we run our race and how do we continue to run with patience? Number one, I'll say this, we must not forget that people are watching. And when I say watching, I'm not talking about people analyzing I'm not talking about people trying to find something wrong with what you're doing. I'm talking about there are people literally in the grandstands. There are people on the sidelines and they are cheering you on. They are in your corner. They are on your side. Can I tell you this morning, if you came to church, guess what? You got a whole auditorium filled with people that we are on your side. We are pulling for you. You know, when uh, Courtney and Bailey got up to get baptized this morning, I want to tell you, it blessed my heart so much to know that they made the decision to trust Christ. They made the decision to follow the Lord in baptism. And then uh, Chloe getting baptized. You know what's so great? Is everybody here? You know what we're saying? Praise God. That's what it's all about. 
And those of you that are watching online or those listening on the radio, I want to tell you as Christians, we ought to be cheering each other on. We ought to be helping everybody. We ought to be doing all we can to encourage. There's enough people out there criticizing. There's enough people out there attacking. May it not be said that the family of God, that we kick each other when they're down, but may it be said that we help one another bear their burdens and encourage somebody. That's what the church is all about. We've got people that are watching and they're cheering. Number one, remember that. As you run the race, you're not running for people. I understand you're not running to please people. But as you run your race for God, don't forget, there are people that are cheering you on. I thank the Lord for every person throughout my life who has been there to teach a Sunday school class, to sing in a choir, to run a bus route, to help in a teen church, to teach me in a Bible college. I'm thankful for every person who's had a a, a kind word, everybody who's lifted a prayer on my behalf. I wouldn't be here today and neither would you if it were not for people that have been cheering us on. I thank the Lord for that. Don't forget that. Number one, remember, there are people that are watching. But then I want you to see secondly, and I've got a lot of things to say. I think I'll only just say a few things this morning and we'll pick up later. But number two, I want to tell you why sometimes we don't run the race like we should. It says in verse one, let us lay aside every weight and the sin which doth so easily beset us. Now, I believe there's a a difference here. One, it says you've got to lay aside some weights. And then it says you've got to lay aside some sins. Did you know there are some weights that we carry in our Christian lives that are not wicked and sinful in and of themselves? But anything that keeps you from serving God and anything that keeps me from putting God first place, that becomes a hindrance. The word weight here literally means a burden. It means something that is a hindrance in your life. When I was in elementary, and I especially remember it in junior high, but I played basketball, and, and my desire as, as a boy growing up, and, and I, used to, I used to love to play basketball and all that. I remember growing up in Illinois, basketball was a big thing. Uh, and part of the reason was it was so cold. You didn't do a lot of the outdoor stuff because uh, your, it seemed like your, your summer months were so short. But I love basketball. I'd play outside. I'd shovel the snow off the, the court. And uh, mom and dad and I, we'd go out. I remember we'd play horse or we'd play one-on-one. We'd play till it was late. We had to turn on the porch light. And we, we just loved it. I, I played it. But I remember I always had the desire. I thought it'd be so awesome if someday I could slam dunk a basketball. I want to tell you, I have dunked many times in my life, but it's usually Oreo cookies and milk, you know. Um, But to slam dunk a basketball, I thought that would be incredible. And I just, you know, as a a boy growing up, you know, you you get to where you can touch the net, you know, you touch the net, and then you get a little higher on the net, and then eventually you get to where you can touch the rim. And that's where it stopped for me. I could get about this far above my, uh, my hand. I could get that much above the rim. I could grab the rim. I could hang on to the rim. Uh, I could palm a basketball, but I could never dunk a basketball. But that's okay, because somebody told me, they said, here's what you got to do. You got to get some ankle weights. Now, these ankle weights, these things were the most uncomfortable, most annoying thing you've ever had in your life. Literally, it's, it's weights weighted with sand, 
and they have a Velcro strap. And so you would wrap them around your, 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 your ankle and you just get them tight there. And then you would run with those. You would jump with those. You would do different basketball drills with those. And what they said was that that would actually help you to jump higher. It would strengthen your leg muscles so that you'd be able to jump higher and slam dunk a basketball. Well, obviously, they may work for others, but they didn't work for me, right? Because I never slam dunked a basketball. But you put those weights on, and let me tell you something, those weights, they were a pain. You would never dream of keeping those weights on during a basketball game. You'd never dream of keeping those weights on while you were actually trying to compete. Can I tell you what you do? You would take those weights off and you would make sure those weights were not on because when that game started, you didn't want to have anything that was an extra burden or an extra weight that would hold you back. Can I tell you in the Christian life, I feel like sometimes we got a lot of extra baggage strapped on. I feel like we got a lot of hindrances. And by the way, there are some burdens that we carry that are not our choice. I had a wonderful visit yesterday with Brother Warren Futrell. I love Warren and Lori, and I thank the Lord for them. And you pray for Brother Warren. He's got an appointment Friday, and we're praying those cancer numbers will keep going down and pray for him as he goes through the chemo. But you know, for Brother Futrell, he's got a weight right now. It's called cancer. He didn't choose that weight. That, that's, not, that's not his fault. That's not something he can decide to put that weight aside. But I want to tell you, there are some weights in our lives that we can remove. And I want to encourage you this morning to lay aside. That word lay aside, it means to literally throw it out. Get rid of the weights. In our family, um, we have, I think we have set a record uh, in our neighborhood. Now, to be fair, it's a small neighborhood. We live here in Lakeview Park. But I think we have, we hold the record. I know we hold the record for the most trash on average every week. I, and you say, how do you know? Because I drive around and I see, and nobody else can compete with us. We've got these trash bins. How many of you know these trash bins? I, I, don't, I can't believe that they actually gave us trash bins this big. I mean, they are massive. You know what I'm talking about? I'm telling you, we fill our trash bin every week, usually by the middle of the week. I mean, it's full. I, you know, got five kids, and I'll tell you one thing. We have one who is still in diapers, uh, Micah, and I hope I didn't have to clarify that, but let me just make sure you know. And we've got Micah who's still in diapers. And so when it comes, our trash, they pick up on Monday mornings. Now, don't drive around tomorrow morning just to see if we won. I'm telling you, we already won, okay? It's already over. But when I take that trash out Sunday night and I put that out at the road, can I tell you, it's a wonderful feeling because I don't want that trash sitting in my backyard for another week. You know why? Because it's already full. It already stinks. It's nasty. I want to get rid of it. I don't see how long I can keep it. I'm not collecting trash. I'm not deciding that I want to have the community dump in my backyard. I want to get rid of it, right? And can I tell you as Christians, there's a lot of trash in our lives and it may not be bad. It may not be sinful, but you don't need it. And I don't need it. And it keeps us from serving God. Let me give you just a couple of thoughts. And there may be something totally different. But there's a few things that I believe are hindrances in the Christian life. Number one is the word stuff. S-T-U-F-F. -F, stuff. 
You say, that does not sound dignified. It's not dignified, but we all have stuff. And you know what? The more stuff we have, the more headaches we have. How many of you know the more stuff you have, the more room you need to store that stuff? And the more stuff you have, the more stuff you got to fix and the more stuff you got to protect and the more stuff you have to take care of. But in the Christian life, many times we get so bogged down with possessions. You know what Jesus said about possessions? He said, don't even bother laying up stuff down here. He said, send it on ahead. Lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven. Maybe for you, stuff is your money, your finances. I'm not against money. I'm not against stuff. But don't allow those things to control your life. Maybe for you, it's debt. Can I tell you, debt is an awful thing. And you ought to do everything you can to get out of debt. Debt can cause you trouble. It can cause you headaches. It can keep you from doing what God would have you to do. But stuff, maybe that's your, maybe that's your problem. You just got too much stuff. How about this? Number two is your schedule. Do you know we all have the same number of hours in a day? Isn't that amazing? But I've heard this before. I'm too busy to go to church. I'm too busy to read my Bible. I'm too busy to pray. I'm too busy to serve God. I'm too busy to help somebody else in need. Friend, if you're too busy for those things, then you've nailed it on the head. You are too busy because our schedules get out of control. And sometimes we don't have time for our family and we don't have time for the Lord. And many times we don't schedule our time properly. And I know some of you that are listening, you're going to think I'm talking to you, but I haven't looked to see who's watching online. So I'm not talking about any of you. But you know why some people don't come to church on Sunday morning? It's not because they don't want to. It's not because they wouldn't like to be here. But some people don't come to church on Sunday morning because they stay up too late Saturday night. And if you stay up half the night on Saturday night, guess what? Sunday morning, newsflash. You're not going to feel like going to church if you stay up all night Saturday. And maybe you just need to get your schedule right so that your priorities can be right so you can run the race and lay aside the weight. How about this? I know some of you do not have... Um, social media. So for you, maybe it's the news or maybe it's uh, uh, TV or whatever. But did you know that we have so much news available to us now that you could spend every waking moment watching or listening to news? And some of it doesn't really pertain to you or me and it really doesn't matter and it doesn't do anything to help us. But for some people, they get so worked up over stuff that doesn't even pertain to them. Now, I'm not saying you shouldn't pray for people. I'm not saying you shouldn't be burdened for other people. But if you are watching or listening to the news 24-7, that's going to become a weight. That's going to become a hindrance. That's going to keep you from doing what God wants you to do. How about sports? I love sports, and I'm glad I'm talking about this now because College basketball is over and college football hasn't started, so I don't think I'll make too many of you mad with this. But did you know you can watch sports all day, every day? When I was growing up, I remember, and I grew up in Illinois, and I remember we could watch most of the Chicago Bulls games. And those were fun to watch back in the day with Michael Jordan and that, that team. They won several championships. But we could pretty much watch the Bulls games. But we couldn't watch the other game. I mean, if you weren't in your local area, you didn't watch them. Did you know now 
during basketball season, if you get the right programs and the right channels, you can watch every single basketball game every time. You could watch every baseball game. You could watch every football game. You could watch every hockey game. We have any hockey fans in here? Anybody like hockey? We got a few. All right. Did you know you could watch every NASCAR race? We got any NASCAR fans in here? All right. Got a not too many. Did you know you could watch every golf tournament? Anybody watch golf? We got a few. All right. But you could that could consume your life. I want to tell you something. That may be a weight. That may be something you need to set aside. How about this? Stress. Did you know people are stressed out today? And if you're stressed out from your work or, you know, with just your family responsibilities, I understand that. But sometimes we get stressed out over things that are not even our business. We get stressed out sometimes because we try to get involved in things that have nothing to do with us. And I want to tell you, friends, stress, it will destroy you. It will destroy your health. It will destroy your mind. It will destroy your relationships. And that's something you're going to have to set some of that stuff aside. You're going to have to lay aside those weights so that you can focus on the spiritual, that which is most important. Hebrews 12 tells us that if we're going to run the race, number one, we must remember there are people watching. But number two, before we ever get in the race, we're going to have to lay aside every weight. Those things that keep us from serving God. Thank you for listening to the preaching podcast of Victory Baptist Church in Roanoke Rapids, North Carolina, led by Pastor Jeremy Coburnett. For more information about our ministry, please visit our website at vbcrr.org. May God bless you as you serve Him this week. Thank you.